Um, Acts chapter 20, as we stand on the brink of 2024, I always love, you know, I'm like Becky, I love the, the end of a year and the beginning of a new year, always have this sense of, you know, the freshness of a new year. The I always have like, I hope I can do better in this new year than I did the past year. I hope you feel that way too. Um, not saying that you did badly, but uh, always wanting to be strengthened and improved and growing in grace. So, um, but one of the things I do like to highlight, and I want to highlight particularly this morning, is whenever we stand on the brink of a new year, we stand on the brink of the unknown. We stand on the brink of the uncertain. It just, that's just the case it is. We never know what a new year will bring. We never know what lies ahead. We might think we do, but we really don't. We don't know if the economy is going to improve this year or if it's going to get worse. We don't know if companies are going to be hiring or laying off or staying the same. We don't know who is going to be, ultimately, who's going to be running for president. We'll know that maybe in a few months from now. Will it be Trump and Biden? Will it be somebody else? We don't know. And what will all that look like? And who's going to win? So much uncertainty. On a personal level, we never know what tomorrow holds. We live in uncertainty. That's part of life. But as Christians, there are things that we can be very certain of. We can be certain of the truth of God's Word. Amen? We can be certain of the faithfulness of God in our lives. We can, be, we can be certain that Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior. That He has purchased us back to God. We can be certain that God is with us. We can know that God is with us. Because He's promised that. We can know that we'll have new mercies every morning. Because God has promised that. We can know that Jesus sits on the throne so we can't see those things with our eyes necessarily, but we can see them with eyes of faith. So as we stand here once again at the intersection of 2023 and 2024, I want to consider a moment in the Apostle Paul's life where he also stood on the brink of the uncertain. And we find it in Acts chapter 20. I've titled the message, Where Faith and Uncertainty Meet. And uh, what's happening here is Paul is on his way to Jerusalem and he's going to be in prison there. He's had people prophesy over him and try to urge him not to go to Jerusalem. His friends have urged him. They've cried over him. On his way there, he stops at Miletus and he calls for the elders of Ephesus, the Ephesian church, to come and meet him there. And there he gives them a charge as he says his final goodbye to them. And that's what we're going to drop into the middle of here in Acts chapter 20 beginning in verse 17. Now from Miletus, he, Paul, sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials, that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, again, and we ask you to just meet our hearts this morning in this time of your word. We pray that your word will will really speak to our hearts, will really saturate our hearts. And I pray that you will bring to each and every person here an encouragement, an inspiration, a stirring of their hearts to walk into this new year with a strong sense of faith in you. And Father, we just ask this in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to just share two Two points from this goodbye that Paul gives. Two encouragements for us as we face a new year with its uncertainty. As we uh, walk into 2024. My first encouragement is this. Let's embrace 2024 and all the uncertainty therein with faith. Let's embrace it with faith. Paul is standing on the brink of uncertainty. He's going to Jerusalem. He knows the Holy Spirit has called him to Jerusalem, but he's going not knowing. He does not know what's going to happen to him there. The Holy Spirit has not revealed to him what's going to happen, except for one thing. Every city he goes to, Paul says, the one thing the Holy Spirit tells me is that I'm going to be imprisoned and beaten. I'm going to have a hard time. There's going to be challenges there. That's the only thing the Spirit's revealing to me. Other than that, I don't know what's going to happen. So he's going not knowing. And that's a lot of life is going not knowing. No matter what we do, there's no way to remove uncertainty from our lives. Some people try to remove uncertainty by planning. Are you a planner? You plan and you you try to have everything planned so you can remove every drop of uncertainty from your day or from your life. And, And planning is good and it's biblical. But there's no way to plan uncertainty out of your life. Plans go wrong. Plans go sideways. Things happen you don't plan for. Others, others try to remove uncertainty. I want to get rid of uncertainty. I want to know what's happening. And the way they do that is by controlling as much as they can around them. Is that you? Do, do you love to control things? Do you love to control? Even sometimes people are tempted to control people. And and you can have good intentions and you want to do good, but you want to control people to do the good you think they should do. And that's a sure way to get an ulcer. We cannot control. We're not in control. You are not in control. I am not in control. Control is an illusion. And people that try to control things, first of all, it's not healthy, especially when they try to control people. But also, you're going to white-knuckle life. You're going to be trying to grip this and control that and you're going to end up just frustrated. And then finally, some people try to avoid the uncertainty by just always choosing the same paths, the same familiar things. I do the same things, you know, and I'm not going to go down any unknown paths. But avoiding the unknown can cause us to say no to some wonderful opportunities that God may bring our way. So... Paul says, I am going 
not knowing. And God invites us to face the uncertainty with faith and confidence in Him. Oswald Chambers writes in his devotional, he writes this about uncertainty. He says, certainty is the mark of the common sense life. Gracious uncertainty is the mark of the spiritual life. To be certain of God means that we are uncertain in all our ways. We do not know what a day may bring forth. And this is generally said with a sigh of sadness. It should rather be an expression of breathless expectation. We are uncertain of the next step. But we are certain of God. That's what I want to encourage you with this morning. We're uncertain of the next step. But we don't say that with fear. We don't say that with a sigh of resignation. We say that with with a sense of excitement. What does God have? What does God have for 2024? What's in store for us in 2024? We don't know. We don't know what the next step is, but we know and we can be certain that God is going to be there and he's going to bless us and he's going to keep us and he's going to meet us and he's going to be with us and he's going to strengthen us. Faith isn't trusting the step. It's trusting in God. And so there may be unexpected things that 2024 holds for us. And for some, that may mean trials. It may mean hardships. It may mean challenges. It may mean difficult. I mean, that's what Paul is facing. He knows there's challenges ahead. But that's not where his faith is. His faith is God has something amazing for me there. Now the only thing he's showing me is the hardships. But I am not going because I want more hardships in my life. I'm going because I know God has something amazing in store for ministry, for lives being changed, for his work to go on. And so I'm going not knowing. So there may be things that we don't expect in 2024. Probably will be. But I also want to take a step further. I want to encourage us this morning to accept the invitation from God. God may be, choose, uh, may be inviting us to choose uncertainty at times. He may be inviting us to choose an uncomfortable or unknown path to do something new and out of our comfort zone by choice because we feel the Lord leading us in that direction there may be a fork in the road in your life and one path is I know it I know I can do it I know I've done it a million times it's nothing new for my life and the other path might be Something brand new, something unknown, something uncomfortable, something that I don't know what's going to happen if I choose that path. But you feel the Lord leading you down that road. You feel a stirring in your heart that that might be the road that God is calling you to. 
to purposely choose the uncertain path. That's what Paul is doing. He has his friends trying to talk him out of going. They're literally weeping over him and saying, don't go, Paul. Don't go. But Paul says, no, I'm going to go down that road because I know that's the road that the Lord is leading me down. So I just want to encourage us, let's be open to, to new, new ways that God may want to lead us or use us in this year. Let's embrace uncertainty with faith. Now, I want to just say this. I'm not talking about doing something foolish. I'm not talking about doing something, you know, just because it's new. All right? I, I you know, seek wisdom. Pray carefully. Plan as much as possible. Seek wise counsel from people you trust. But do be open. Do be open to God using you or leading you in something new. There may be hurting people God wants to use you to bring healing to. God wants to use you as a vessel to strengthen and encourage somebody who's hurting, who's wounded. Somebody who's lonely and God wants you to come alongside of them. God may want to use you in some area of serving, ministry, care. And it's new to you. And you're going to feel a degree of fear. And you're going to feel a degree of uncertainty. And there is going to be, and I know this from, from personal experience, there's going to be a sense that it would be easier for me to just say no. To just not do it. To just choose the path that I know. The familiar, the comfortable. But if God is leading in your heart, and you're getting some sense of confirmation, and it's biblically wise, maybe it doesn't make a lot of worldly sense, but it's biblically wise, and maybe there's confirmation from other people in your life. I'm trying to underline, be cautious, because I have seen people do things in the name of faith that end up badly. But there are times when God calls us, we want to leave the familiar and choose to go, not knowing what God has for us. Uncertainty is a place where faith grows. And 2024 holds uncertainty. But for those who trust in Christ, I want to end by sharing some certainties that we have. There are things that we have that we can be certain of. And we can pray and expect God to meet us with these certainties, even in the midst of uncertainty. So here's my second point. Our faith is built on the certainty of the gospel and God's promises. <clears throat> Our faith is built on the certainty of the gospel and God's promises. That's what our certainty. Paul's life wasn't defined by uncertainty. His life was uh, defined by the sovereignty of God. Faith brings certainty in the midst of uncertainty. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So let me just share a couple things that we as believers, if you're a Christian, you can be certain of and should be certain of. We can be certain of Christ's saving grace. 
Amen? We can be certain of Christ's saving grace. As Paul is talking to the elders, as he's addressing them, he testifies that his message and his ministry has been built always on the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and then he charges them to be faithful to declare that same message. <clears throat> And he tells them, and I'm going to read from different verses to kind of outline what his flow of thought is. <clears throat> he tells them, I did not shrink from, verse 21, testifying both to Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 28, so pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, these are the elders of the church, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Verse 32, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance of all those who are sanctified. What anchors Paul's uncertainty is the certainty of Christ's saving grace. I declare it to Jews. I declare it to Gentiles. And I tell you elders to declare it as well. That people are to turn from their sin in repentance towards God and towards Christ in faith. And he is the one... I declare the grace of God through Christ that he has obtained us by his blood. These are the things we can be certain of. These are the things we can stand upon. That Christ has saved us through his blood. He has saved us. He has obtained us back to God through his blood. We can be certain of that. We do not have to live in uncertainty. Am I saved? Am I forgiven? Do I belong to God? Christian, you do not have to live. You must not live in uncertainty towards these things. But you can be certain of that right now, right here, by faith in Christ's promises. That's what Paul declared. You notice Paul didn't say, I'm going there because I think I can help them better with their finances. I'm going to be doing seminars on finances or on how to live a more practical life. Or how to, you know, do this or do that. Not that those things are, aren't part of scriptural wisdom. But Paul had one message burning in his heart. He told the Corinthians, I determined when I was with you, I would know nothing except Christ and Christ crucified. I'm never going far from the cross of Jesus Christ. And as an elder here at Grace Community Church, that's, that's, that weighs on my heart. I never want to move far from declaring the cross of Jesus Christ. Because that is the central message that anchors our souls to the certainty of God. The certainty of being saved. The certainty of being accepted by God. It is what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we never move. There's so many beautiful, powerful things in Scripture that help us in so many areas of life. Every area of life. But we never get so Christian mature that we can move beyond the cross. Well, I don't need to hear that anymore. I've been a Christian for a couple years now. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We never move beyond the cross and what Jesus did for us on the cross. We never move beyond the, the joy of the empty grave, the risen Savior. Paul never did. 
And we never want to either. We have an eternal inheritance with the saints in Christ. We have been purchased by His blood. When we turn to God in repentance and faith towards Christ. So we either live with faith in Christ and His finished work or we will constantly be trying to finish the work ourselves. We're going to be trying to add our performance to the finished work of Jesus Christ in order to get acceptance from God, in order to be saved. Am I praying enough? Am I reading enough? Am I witnessing enough? Am I doing this enough? Am I doing that enough? Am I repenting enough? Have I stopped sinning enough? And our default mindset is performance. And our relation, we'll try to relate to God based on performance rather than promise. We trust our accomplishments to put us in right relationship with God rather than what Christ accomplished on the cross. And that's why I want to read a quote from Jerry Bridges. And I pray that this will soak into your heart as he tells every believer should preach the gospel to their souls every day. Don't tell me I've been a believer, I know that. Preach it to your souls every day. And this is what he says. If God's love for us is to be a solid foundation stone of devotion, we must realize that His love is entirely of grace. That it rests completely upon the work of Jesus Christ and flows to us through our union with Him. Because of this basis, His love can never change regardless of what we do. In our daily experience, we have all sorts of spiritual ups and downs, sin, failure, discouragement, all of which tend to make us question God's love. That's because we keep thinking that God's love is somehow conditional. We are afraid to believe His love is based entirely upon the finished work of Christ for us. Deep down in our souls, we must get hold of the wonderful truth that our spiritual failures do not affect God's love for us one iota. That His love for us does not fluctuate according to our experience. We must be gripped by the truth that we are accepted by God and loved by God for the sole reason that we are united to His beloved Son. That is, that is scary grace because there are a lot of people who believe if you believe that, you're just not going to feel any impulse to be holy. You're just going to feel like I can do whatever I want and, and sin it up and I'm just going to be accepted by God. The opposite is true. Remember what he said at the beginning of his quote. This is the firm foundation for devotion. You see, if we relate to God on our performance, we're not devoted to God. We're devoted to legalism. We're devoted to ourselves. But our faith is not in the completely finished work of Christ. The, the fastest, surest road to sanctification and to growing in holiness is not trying harder and trying to earn God's love and acceptance by doing this and doing that. It is by receiving His love based entirely upon the work of Christ and His forgiveness. And from that, in response to that, as his beloved son, as his cherished daughter, seeking to honor him with our lives. That is the road to devotion.
But I just want to assure if that's based on Christ. So please, please know and be certain. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. The second point I want to share is that we can be certain that God has given us our own course to finish. Verse 24, Paul writes, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul is committed to finishing what he calls my course. Each of us have our own personal course to run. You don't have to run the Apostle Paul's course. You don't have to run Billy Graham's course. You don't have to run the person sitting next to you's course. You have a course that God has called you to run. He has a plan for you to glorify Him with your life. And it's your course. It's your life. It's your story. It's not the same as the person next to you. It's got your name on it. And no one else can run it for you. It's your course. Finish your course. God has given you your own way to serve people and bring glory to God. He's given you your own course, your own gifts that He has uniquely gifted you with to serve Him with and bring glory to Him. And that's all that God asks of you. He's given you your own unique circle of people to share and witness of Jesus to. That maybe no one else will be or maybe you're one of the voices that will speak a word of testimony to Christ that will help someone else find Him. Paul says, I don't count my life of any value or any meaning. This is not Paul hating on his life. This isn't Paul saying, oh, my life is meaningless. What he's saying is, the meaning and value of my life is to finish my course. The course that God has given me. That's the meaning in the life of my life. That's the value of my life. It's not living a longer life. It's not living free of discomfort. I'm heading into the storm, folks. I'm heading into the imprisonments. I'm heading into the trials. But I'm heading into it because I'm not living to avoid trials. I'm not living to have a comfortable, easy life. I am living to finish my course. That's what adds value. So I want to just encourage us. You know, years ago I had this serious conversation over a latte. Um, and we talked about leaving a legacy. Wanting to leave a legacy. And every one of us, I think, should have a latte discussion about leaving a legacy. What do we leave? What's the wake of our lives? Every one of us should. And, and, and it's not that everybody should look the same. You have a course you have your course. But I think the new year gives us an opportunity to say, what am I living for? What am I living for? What really matters in life? Is that what I'm giving my life to? It gives us the opportunity to pray, Lord, use me. Use me for your glory. Help me testify the gospel of grace. And it's a good time to recommit ourselves to the course that Jesus Christ has given to us. It's your course. There are some in this room, I think in the next year, as you run the course that God has given to you, 
you're going to run through some amazing opportunities. That course is going to bring you through some amazing opportunities. And when I say that, yeah, it could be that you get a job offer for a million dollars a year or, you know, somebody gives you a yacht to, you know, but what I'm thinking of is opportunities to touch people's lives for Christ. That's what I think of. Opportunities to serve the Lord. Because in the end, when we lie on our deathbed, none of us are going to be thinking, I wish my yacht was here. You know, I wish I had another million dollars. But how have we served people and Jesus? That's what we're going to be thinking of. And I think when we come close to that last day, our thinking gets pretty clear. It's, it gets pretty clear what's important in life. That's what Paul's saying. My life and value, it's not living a long, comfortable lives carefree. It's finishing my course. That's what adds value. God has amazing things for you. So some of you, this might be a year of amazing opportunities. And for some of you, and, and I should say us, it might have valleys. It might have wildernesses. It might have challenges and trials that we don't even see coming, or maybe we do. But it's our course. And God is going to bring glory to his name through that course. Whatever the year holds, I'm sure it's going to hold things we're not expecting right now. But let's embrace it with faith as an adventure of faith. And let's pray that God has his way in our lives. <clears throat> I want to close with this story. England's Prince Albert, who is also known to his family as Bertie, was not in, in expected to inherit the British throne. He was second in line. His brother was expected but when King George V passed away <clears throat> and his older brother Edward abdicated the throne, Bertie was obligated to step up and take the crown. What made matters more challenging is that he stuttered very badly and he feared having to make speeches to the nation, particularly during the war. God gave him a course to run he neither expected nor in any way wanted. So he knows what he's talking about when three years later he wrote these closing words to a Christmas letter, 1939. This is what he wrote to close his letter. I said to the man at the gate of that year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. Let's put our hand in the hand of God as we enter 2024. That is our safety. That is our certainty. And let's believe God for great things. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. We're going to close with that song, Firm Foundation. But I want to do something before we sing. I want to, uh, let's stand together. And I want to just give an opportunity for us to pray. 
Um, and please don't be embarrassed, but maybe you're standing at the brink of something that's uncertain. It could be an opportunity. It could be a, a decision. You don't know if you should take this opportunity, that opportunity, this path, that path. It could be a challenge, a need that you need God to meet you in. Maybe a health need. Maybe a need for provision for a job. Maybe a relational need. Maybe there's somebody that you're praying they will come to Christ in 2024. You have a family member, a loved one. I want to just, if you're, I, I, we all have these things, and it's fine if everybody raised their hands, but if you are particularly at a point of, I need God to meet me in something, I want to just ask you to raise your hand quietly. And then those that are around you are just going to quietly gather around you and just pray for you for a moment or two. Okay, so don't be embarrassed. If you are at a place where you just, there's a need in your heart, there's something you need from God to hear from Him, to receive from Him. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. And then those looking around, or those around, just look around. Keep your hand raised. Raise it high enough for everybody to see it. And then a few people could just gather around them, please. We've got a hand over here. Just gather around. Just pray quietly for them. We've got hands in the back there. So a few people could just gather around them and pray for them and just lift them up. And I'm going to lead us in prayer. But just gather around, folks, okay? Don't be shy. If you see a hand raised, gather around them. And just, brothers and sisters, we've got a hand in the back there. Please have a few people go in the back. Come on, you can pray. You can pray. We've got another hand over here. So, yep. Make sure everybody who has a hand raised has a person praying for them. Thank you so much for raising your hands. We need each other. We need each other. We need people to stand with us. And sometimes we need to stand with others. Let's pray. Father, you know each of these who have raised their hands what their need is. You know what the need is. And we just join with them in praying that you will meet them in that need. That God, you will provide what is on their hearts. If it's a decision that you will lead them. If it's a provision they need that you'll provide. If it's a relationship that needs healing that you will bring healing and wisdom. Father, if it's someone they're praying is not in a good place that you will meet that person in answer to their prayers. You are the God who answers prayer. You're the God who brings provision. You are the God who meets us where we are and takes us where we need to be. And we thank you. Father, I pray that faith will stir in their hearts. It will rise up in their hearts. Faith to believe you. Faith to trust you. 
Faith to walk and obey you. Faith to love you. And Lord, faith, faith to embrace the uncertain. Pray you meet their needs, Lord. Meet them where they are. Encourage them. Use them for your great glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.